How long does it take to form a habit? Hello, listeners, and welcome to Squeezing the Orange of Social Science, a podcast co-hosted by myself, comedian Akinoma Bitan, and Professor Dan Cable. On each episode, the two of us pick apart, peer-reviewed, and publish social science papers, and we squeeze them for their best bits so that you, the listener, don't have to sift through pages and pages of academic literature. What's up? Dad. Hello. Hey, hey, hey. If um, you had to pick one healthy habit that you would like to introduce into your life in this year of 2020, what do you think it would be? I actually have introduced one. Okay, let's I've, I've, I've introduced it and I've done it a few times already. Uh-huh. I'm doing a burpee challenge. Oh, yeah. Those are the things where you like do, we think you, I think we used to call them squat thrusts, where you're down, kick your legs back, kick your legs up and then jump. Squat thrust sounds like a... <laughs> <laughs> thrust. Thrust. Very satisfying. I, my mind is in the gutter already. Uh, <laughs> It's not only early in 2020, it's, it's early just, in today's episode yeah. to be that early. Yeah, to be that filthy is just like, what, 18 seconds in. Um, but uh, I've, I've joined a, a burpee challenge. So yeah, kind of like squatting and frosting and jumping and sweating. But the idea is to do as many as you can within two minutes. That's the idea. Let's do one after this Where episode. what I've discovered is the real challenge of the burpee challenge is to survive it for two minutes. And then there's probably about... 30 seconds after those two minutes where I'm convinced I'm going to die. There's Absolutely. a light that I feel that I should follow yeah. and just like see what happens wow. after this life. Wow. That is strong. And how many days do you reckon you've done that? Uh, I've, I've, I've done it about three times okay. so far. Okay. I've done it about three times so far. I'm trying to do it twice a week. Okay. So I've Got added it, it to Got my it. regular routine just to be well, a bit like at I the end. I love how these, when a new year starts... We look around and evaluate how we're doing, I think. And that's these New Year's resolutions. And it's kind of interesting. If you go to the gym a lot, speaking of burpees, around this time, it's full. (laughs) People have signed themselves up. And around February... You can't even get into the vending machine. There's so many people there, man. (laughs) Like... (laughs) February 15th rolls around and the wind is just blowing echoes through the halls. So there is this funny thing that we often engage and embark on these healthy improvements in our lives. Sometimes that's around reading. Sometimes that's around drinking and drinking less, maybe. And sometimes that's around these behavioral habits. But then... In general, change is hard. And in general, we don't stick with it. It doesn't become a habit. And that is a word that maybe we can kind of introduce this paper. Um, the, the study in the paper we're going to talk about today is how are habits formed? Modeling habit formation in the real world. <laughs> and uh, there's a bunch of different authors here, and I'll probably get it wrong. But Philippa Lally, Cornelia Van Jarsveld, Henry Potts, and Jane Wardle. What's and, up, gang? Hey, gang. Thank you for this great study. Uh, they're all over at UCL, University College London. And uh, this was published in the European Journal of Social Psychology. So what I like about this so much, and obviously we picked it for this reason, it's so timely given how many people are trying to start new habits right now. And I think it's interesting to think about, you know, their question is how long does that take? But I think for our listeners, what is it? You know, what is a habit? Like, how do we know we're there? And I think that for me, that's part of what's compelling about this research question. 
What would you, um, anything you'd jump in there with before we like actually start looking at uh, what they did and so on? What, what did well, you find fascinating here? I love the idea, maybe it's something to do with my upbringing. Habits were often perceived or communicated as negative things. Like you need to correct bad habits, you're engaging in negative habits. And I love the balancing act here of realizing that a habit isn't good or bad. It's something that you do automatically. And they had the word here, automaticity, That's it. which might have been the first time that I came across this word itself. It's a itself. good word. Yeah. Good diction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a nice bit of diction to add to my vocabulary. Um, but automaticity, if I understand it correctly, it's... It's a, it's, you could kind of describe it as a never word for a habit, but it's kind of breaking down what's happening when we have a habit. That's right. And it's, yep. it, it means that we have now formed something, part of our behavior, that now we're able to engage in it uh, automatically to a point where there's there's not a lot of resistance about it. We can do it efficiently. Um, we're not. We can do it almost with a lack of awareness. We're that comfortable at doing it. It also can be something that's like unintentional, unintentional, yeah. and also uncontrollable. Yeah. So if we can think of this in a positive sense, if we're able to exhibit positive behaviors in a way that come easier to us we're improving our life experience and possibly our health and how we interact with others but we're doing it in a way that becomes natural to us which i think is a great thing absolutely it's it's almost you know if you think of it as like the goal the goal of this thing is that you don't have to put so much effort and strain into this good thing that's going to help your life. And, and when you reach, like, you, you really kind of nailed it there. But like, when, if you can say like, no, I just do that automatically. Or if you can say things like, I would find it hard not to do that. That is automaticity. It's, it's like you don't have to push your body to go and do this thing and it feels like work. Because one thing that we do know is that notion of forcing yourself to do what you should do takes a lot of energy and you can just wear yourself out. You know, it's, and it's almost like that self-control, pushing yourself through that is a muscle, and you can kind of wear that out by pushing and pushing so hard. And so to the extent that we have a date or a number of days at which we can now just let it sink into our habit, then the self-control part can go away. So I love I love the study for that reason. And, um, you know, like if we're going to start diving in here, what they basically did in this study is they thought about whether or not forming a habit is linear or asymptotic. And it kind of sounds like fancier than it needs to be. It's historically, a lot of people just thought like the more time you put in, the more of a habit it would become. And then some early researchers kind of argued with that and said, no, it wouldn't be that way. Because the early behaviors and practice sessions would move you toward habit a lot quicker than like the 50th one. And that would be a lot um, more significant or influential than the hundredth one and so on. So it would asymptote where each practice session would kind of become a little bit less habit forming as yeah, you approach yeah. the habit. Yeah. And just to give, I guess, a, a visual. So if you could imagine your basic XY axis. Uh, so along the vertical line, you could have something in terms of like um, uh, repetitions. And then along the horizontal line along the bottom, you could have time. So the idea would be that the more times you're engaging in this behavior, that line is moving up rather steeply. So think of it as perhaps like a learning curve, where at the early stages, it's moving up quite high and quite quickly. But the more it becomes habit, the more it becomes 
behavior, what's what's going to happen is that line's going to start to flatten out, and that flattening out is a great thing. Yes, because that's, what that that's flattening right. out means is that this is now becoming easier for you, automatic, beca- natural. Yeah. That's it, that's and that's it. what you're trying to get at yeah. when you're trying to form new habits. You're trying to flatten that line out to mean yeah. there's less resistance. Yeah, at a high level too. I mean, to be honest. What you'd really like, I, I think, in the context of this study is for it to be quite automatic, you know, to be quite natural. You'd like to get to a high amount of automaticity and then have it kind of flatten out there so that, like, you can keep doing the behaviors, but you're already there. That's one way to kind of think about that. And so, I don't know, like, what they basically did is they uh, went and got a bunch of people, uh, in this case, 101 university students, um, 96 kind of agreed to do it in the end. <laughs> We're going to talk about how some just bailed after, like, 10 days, <laughs> pulled the ripcord, like, I don't really like burpees, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, I just kind of saw 30 bucks and I was like, I'll sign up for exactly, that. Exactly, exactly. So they got um, 30 men and 66 women. Average age of these people were 27. Uh, they're mostly uh, European, um, pretty disproportionately from the UK. But, you know, they basically said, select some healthy habit that you want to do. And that's really important, by the way. They didn't impose a habit on them. They said, think about something you want to do. And they said, try to keep it like in the healthy eating domain. That's 27 people said, yeah, I'll do one of those. Um, 31 people picked like a healthy drinking habit. Uh, I can't help but think like less than for many people in the UK here. And then in terms of the exercise habit, um, 34 people. And then four are like, nah, I'm going to do meditation. <laughs> Four people were like, I hear what you're saying, researchers. I've got my own thing that I'm going to practice. They're like, okay. Yeah, and you mentioned that they they were... I, I, I just want to kind of clean up one part, and it's they got to choose, but they chose from a list of options. So it wasn't just, what do you want to do? It was more a case of saying... Uh, there was the drinking part, yeah. which was this idea of drinking water with your meal. Uh, there was the eating part, which I believe was to conduct like a form of exercise. So let's say like before dinner, you would do maybe go for a 15 minute run mm-hmm. or after dinner, you would go for maybe like a 20 minute walk. Um, and there was an exercise one explicitly. No, no, no. Sorry. The eating one was to eat a piece that. of fruit with yeah. your meal. And the exercise one, sorry, was to do uh, exercise possibly before a meal or after a meal and then it was later on in the study that I then discovered that there were four peeps who were just like mm, yeah, I'd just like to sit around and think about some things like <laughs> if that's fine with if you that's cool yeah. like yeah. that I can commit to yes yes okay so that's that you know I do want to reiterate how important the decision to allow them to pick their own habit I, I know that's realistic I know that's real life but as a management professor and sometimes scholar, I'm often asked to help managers get their people to make habits out of new ways of acting. And that's really different. You know, that's where like, if there's this new IT software we're supposed to use to track our expenditures and now my people are resisting that change, I kind of get hired into like, help them stop resisting that change and make it into a new habit and get, make it the new normal is the thing that they say. And that's quite different. You know, because then there's this sense in which every time you do it, it's kind of annoying and it's not even for me. And then you have to start thinking about extrinsic rewards. In this particular case, by allowing them to choose something that they kind of 
think it's good for them, every time they do it is possibly a reward already, even though it hurts, like doing these burpees, even though it hurts. Like hell. Like hell, yeah. Do you almost want to throw up? Not throw up. I do almost want to kind of burpee off of a train track and under uh-huh. a yeah, you train. Just die. You just yeah, die. Yeah, it's like yeah. Once okay. it's over, okay. once that like timer hits and yeah. it's like two minutes are up, like literally yeah. the thirty Wheezing, seconds after is yeah. It's like yeah. Just the the function of breathing yeah. is all right. Is I'll a do challenge. this with you next sometime. Oh okay? sweet! Man. I want to give this a try. Yeah, no, let's have some fun with it. Okay, so anyway, um, they let them make this choice, and one of the things that I wanted to bring up, um, first off, there's a question in the study about whether it's linear, when, when Akin was talking about the X and the Y uh, axis, you could imagine it being linear so that every practice just makes it more automatic or curvilinear so that it starts steep and then it kind of flattens out. That's their first big question. I felt like the second really cool and important question is the role of a miss or an omission, which is like, say you got four or five, six days in a row where you're doing the burpees because in these exercises, you're supposed to do them every day. In this eating, you're supposed to do them every day or whatever. They're really interested in the role of like, what if I miss a day? How bad is that really? I felt like, well, that's a really good practical question. It's not that conceptual in a way. It's just kind of like, you could also ask the question, what if you missed two days? You know, but in this case, they're like, we're really going to look closely at what happens when we have a miss, you know, one day off. So basically, that's the setup of the study. And, you know, part of what I like about it is it's a really simple setup. That's what I thought was beautiful about this, because what we're talking about here is diet, exercise these are and it's something that when i look at the fitness industry just as a passive observer and the self-help industry what i find a bit repulsive about it is it's trying to tell people that there's shortcuts for things that there aren't really shortcuts for if you want to get healthier it's simple and it's so simple to the point that you can't market it it's eat well and exercise. That is always the answer. And it's a $30 billion industry in the United States alone. Because it's tough. It's really <laughs> tough. Absolutely like, right. Like, you know, it benefits us to drink water regularly. It benefits us to eat more fruit and veg. It benefits us to exercise for some reason. And I think I know the reason. Uh, so, you know, hey, listeners, Atkins got some, mm. some gems to drop. I think part of the reason is that if we look at a bit of like evolutionary, um, I don't know, anthropology or whatnot, like as humans slash homo sapiens, our lifestyle kind of created these things naturally. And, and what I mean by that is we would have to walk. We would have to hunt. It's like lion, run. You had to be in good shape. And in terms of what you ate, there weren't necessarily like processed foods. You weren't going to be on like the savannah and you're like, I'm just going to pop mm. these Pop-Tarts mm. in the toaster. If anyone, <laughs> does anyone want in while I'm... You got the little Frosties on the top. Yeah. And like you had to have an awareness of mm. like what certain like grains mm. or berries, like what the benefits for them are. So just as a survival means... We had to do them. So it became natural for us. This kind of like exercise. It became a habit. It became a habit. It became life. Yeah. The actual life was the survival through 
not being in the food chain. Yes. You know, like nowadays we're out of the food chain. Yeah. yeah. Nothing's really chasing. Yeah. yeah. Arrogantly. Like, like arrogantly to we're the point flipping where off the lines yeah. of the zoo. Is what like, we're tapping on the glass. <laughs> you used to chase me. <laughs> now you don't even have room to stretch your legs. You've been owned. We're so horrible. We're the worst. Anyway, that and the whole notion that we have kind of made food supplies so regular that it's just, so yeah, absolutely. I think that those two things together have formed this problem um, that shouldn't be a problem. You know, for, it was a solution before it became a problem. And so now we have almost too much solution. We created the and, problem. And there's this $30 billion industry in the U.S. alone saying, like, how, oh, help me, help me. And you're absolutely right. This study makes it really nice to remember that you just, like, eat less and exercise more. Like, that's it. Like, $30 billion or not, like, that's still the answer. And by allowing people to choose that stuff, it's, um, you can literally just ask the question. Like, let's kind of talk about the design a little bit. Cause yes. I, again, really yes. simple. The yeah, design yeah, is really totally simple. What they basically did is they took these 101 university students, they selected this thing, and then every day they just logged on. And there are problems with this, by the way. This, this, th- there are problems. This design is not a perfect design at all. It's all self-report and so on. But what would happen is they were going to try to carry out that behavior every day for 84 days. And every day they're going to log on to this tool, this sort of web thing, and they're just going to report, did you do the action or not? And then how automatic did it feel? And again, they didn't just say how automatic did it feel. They had a validated scale where the items were things like, um, I would find it hard to not do this activity. Uh, I did that activity without even thinking. It felt like it was automatic to me. So, like, you know, it's not like they just sort of said, like, how'd that feel? They used a validated scale. But at the end of the day, they then can just, like, plot, exactly as Akin just said. They can just plot how automatic did they say it felt with how many times they did that and look at the shape of the curve. So, again, really simple stuff. Um, it's really simple stuff, and it's also... It's something that's so simple that we could apply it to our lives. Like, this is the kind of thing that you could literally pull out of the study and you could say to yourself, I want to read more books this year, for an example. Like, you know, I'd like to become a bit more knowledgeable about whatever it is, or maybe I want to read more fiction. But you could just say to yourself, okay, then, in the space of three months... How many books have I read? That's it. Or even how many times did I read a couple of pages? You know, because it, if you want to really emulate this, which I like, it would be daily practice, which wouldn't mean you'd sum it up to books. I mean, in, in three months, you might only get one, but it's like, I'm going to make it a habit to read two pages a day. And then every day you just say, did I or did I not read those two? And did it feel comfortable or did it still feel like I had to really force myself to make that time? And what this study really does show is that for most people, it is an asymptotic, not a linear function. That is to say, the first couple of days matter a lot more than the 15th day in terms of like the automaticity. And that with, on average, within 66 days, I believe that was the right number. Am I getting that right or that- wrong? That was the, I believe that was the correct average. Yeah, was 66. The average. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there was huge range, by the yeah, way. Yeah, the range was, I think, from like Massive. 18 days to 200 and something. Yeah. And also, how are they still getting eight after 200? That confused me. I mean, anyway, uh, long story short, there was the average person after 66 days hit the asymptote to the point where, like, you aren't getting a lot more naturalness, not a lot more automaticity out of each additional day. You're kind of there is one way that you can say that. So, you know, that isn't that much commitment. I, I, I don't think it's easy. And I'm not trying to like take away from 
what it would take to get to that 66 days. But if you started out in advance saying, if I do these burpees every day, it's going to start off like hell. But within about half that time, it's going to start feeling quite a bit easier. And then by 66 days, that's just going to be something I do. It's going to be hard to not do them. And I don't know how you are with exercise right now, but because I've been doing something pretty much every day for many, many, many years, if I don't do it, I do feel a gap or a longing or a lull. I I feel like a need (laughs) and I have to almost do that. And so you get to the point where it's just what you do. And I think, I think again, that's part of what makes this study compelling for me is how practical can be to tell people that on average, after these basically two months, you're going to be there. And in terms of habit forming as well, so you, you make great points, Dan, in terms of like, it's not easy. And this is what I love about this study. This study isn't like they're trying to sell a book. Very often, if they're trying to sell a book or a, oh my God, if it's friggin' 1999, a DVD, like they're, they're trying to tell you like, oh, do this in 30 days. Um, do this, uh, within like 10 days. Whereas what this study is actually looking at is like, what is realistic and where are the areas that we do find that we do find ourselves challenged um, in terms of actually completing these things and improving ourselves. So although the participants were paid, they were offered £30 for participating, they weren't paying for their results. Yes, correct. Yes, so it wasn't like you're going to get more if you put in more. It's like, no, just participate. We're paying you for your participation, but we're just going to observe your results. And so I feel like that's very crucial as well because you're telling them you pick what you want to do, whether it's food, whether it's water, whether it's exercise, meditation, you choose. That's on you. We're just going to pay you for the time in terms of like logging these things. And what I thought also was um, very useful about what they did here is that we talk about this daily habit. But what they did in this study is that they synced the action to a uh, behavior. So it's something that you're already doing. Like eating breakfast, eating lunch. Totally. What is your behavior when you do your burpees? What is my well? What I did in terms of making a behavior thing, I triggered it with my regular workout. So I decided I'm going to be working out anyway. I can throw an extra two minutes on top, which is a bit tough in the sense of I'll burn a lot of energy working out anyway. But it means I'm already in my gear. I'm already feeling a bit pumped. I've checked myself out in the mirror like 19 times, and I'm feeling that kind of like you know a bit like kind of like motivation. Like this is what I love about gyms as well. Endorphins are real drugs. Yeah. Endorphins are real drugs. Yeah. Free and and legal. Yeah. Whereas I feel the idea of saying to myself, I'm going to wake up at 7 a.m. every morning, do some stretches and then do two minutes of burpees. What that kind of doesn't factor in is that the night before I could have been out till 2 a.m. like getting drunk as necessary. 7 a.m. is going to feel like hell. And And then there's that resistance in the morning where it's a bit like it's winter. I'm hungover. You said it really well there, Akin, because what, what he's talking about right there is exactly what the authors of this study kind of cite, which is time binding it is much trickier than activity binding it. If the trigger is, here's this thing I'm doing anyway, you're going to have something to eat, breakfast, lunch, whatever. And if on average that can serve as a cue to get you to go do this other thing, it's way more robust than saying at time. Weekends are so different from the the weekdays, for example. So anyway, those are really funny. By the way, just as a laugh, I went through like the different profiles that they showed of like literally what they would then do is show us 
you know, go get this if you'd like readers, our listeners, but like they'll show an individual's profile and like, here's somebody that was eating a piece of fruit with lunch and it kind of shows you what it's like. And I'm like, okay, I could kind of see doing that. One of them was like drinking a glass of water. I'm like, that's kind of a low, like, that's a very low standard. Like, I don't know. That doesn't seem. Like I was, I was, I was reading this, and the water one I found really interesting. And I found it interesting because we're like what seventy percent water, and you kind of need it to survive anyway. And I had to remove myself from this because one of my behavior cues that I've been doing for about three years now is every morning before I have any tea, any coffee, I boil the kettle and I have about like two pints of water before I drink or eat anything else. And that's just become, it has become a habit for me. And people who I live with are like, what the hell is wrong with you? But I, I started to realize that drinking water is not normal for, there's a, there's a significant chunk of people who it's not normal. Yeah. Like you're more likely yeah. to see a can of Coke or a coffee yeah. in their hand yes. than just regular. People say yeah. things like, oh, I don't like water. Yeah. I don't like the taste. I think that is the media. I think that's consumerism. I think that is, rampant advertising my my sister taught me a lot about this because when we would go out to eat for years she would just order a glass of water and i can remember my distinct reaction being like boring (laughs) the feeling that i got was like you're letting us all down but mostly you're letting yourself down i mean it was this weird feeling like at least get a coca-cola if you don't want a beer and then i started like thinking a lot more in the very way you just said which is like no water's the natural thing like water's the thing that we actually need and all the rest is noise and when i started doing that i felt like i was being boring for quite a while and even ask for it it's almost like you're letting the waiter down a little bit like i'll just have i don't know the glass of tap water it's like a little embarrassed a little yep. apologetic like yep. ah you know man i just i'm a little weird i just like water you get to the point though as a habit though you just say it and they just bring it and it's the best possible thing for you and it's free also this <laughs> just, really this sinks back to the spotlight effect as well i think if you've been standing on your feet for like seven hours and you've still got like another four hours to go on your double shift and someone's like oh i have a tap water please you just write that down and carry on with your life like you're not upset you're not taking someone's <laughs> order you're not with this, yeah with this like obsession you don't look at me you're like Oh, all right. Okay, I'm actually, yeah, I should expect a tip. You're not helping the economy. I got shredded in KFC, Kentucky Fried Chicken, by some friends, because, like, I ordered, like, I don't know, some Zinger Tower burger with, like, you know, wings and all of this other stuff. And I was like, oh, which drink would you like? I was like, oh, yeah, let me get a bottle of water. And when I brought it to the table where my friends were, they just roasted me for drinking so water. Weird. And I was like, <laughs> I'm, with the, I'm with you. Anyway, anyway. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay, I, we tangent I, I, no, it's a good one. I kind of feel like that drinking a glass of water one was like, I don't know, like a lower degree of difficulty than like doing 50 sit-ups after my morning coffee. Piece of cake. I mean, kind of a piece of cake, but like harder than a glass of water. I was kind of doing sit-ups after I read this. I actually did sit-ups. I had Daisy, my daughter, hold my feet. And I was able to do 60 of them. And it was a, it was a real effort. 20 was easy. It felt to me like 20 was maybe like the glass of water. Oh, gotcha. But gotcha. then by like 40, you really could feel it burning, uh, you know, kind of hurting, like wishing you didn't do it. And then like 60, I think I was like pulling myself up. How did you get to, uh, why was 60 the number? Um, it was just more than she did. <laughs> <laughs> I think she did 50 and I'm like, 
gonna blast that. <laughs> I mean, you're not gonna do less than you. Didn't the two of you have a, a plank challenge we as did. well, like some time we, back? Yes, and, and you were just like, I'm kind of finished, but I'm not letting my not, child. No matter what, like, I will me. die. <laughs> Anyway, but like, but it's, it's so interesting what you mentioned, Dan, as well about what this study acknowledges is. So they say that you're probably looking around between like 18 and 200 and something days to form a habit. And that's to get to that point where you're doing it. It's not that it's without effort, but it's automatic. automatic yeah. yeah. So, yeah. but they're also saying that for different things, different people have different challenges as well. So for one person, the idea of doing something active, that might be a lot easier because like, you know, feeling your heart, you talk about the endorphins that are released. There's like an effort to like, you know, putting the shoes on, strapping them, going for a walk or a run, doing those crunches. I think for some people, the way that their minds work, putting effort into something, there's a reward that they get there. Whereas if you're drinking a glass of water with every meal, you might not see the rewards of that at all. Yeah. It might not yeah. be until like years later where you're, you've probably got some sort of like, I mean, heaven forbid, some sort of like health condition, but you've not linked it to the fact that for like most of yeah. your life, you've just not drank enough water that yeah, day. Right. So something like adding water to you, if you have like a, a coffee, you might feel that pump, that bump. So you're a bit like, yeah, let's get that report done. Uh, or a can of cola. I was on the, tr- on the tube recently and I was sat opposite a dude who was falling asleep in his seat whilst drinking a Starbucks can of like double shots. So like one of those like super unhealthy, yeah, like, like we're just gonna, yeah, coffees, yeah. you know, in one And he can. was falling asleep drinking oh, it. And I was reminded thing. of myself where there was some study where they said like, maybe just drink a pint of water instead and just kind of get your body going. Um, but I guess it's just that basic idea that someone might find water simple or easy. Yeah. It's a bit like, you know, people yeah. like when you work in like these open plan offices and people have those yeah. like those water bottles, Dan and I are both raising ours. I'm saying it like it's everyone else. <laughs> but I remember when like water just became a craze. Like, yeah. I don't know if anyone it's else so experienced this. Within I the have. last like five years, yeah, it just became a maybe craze. Maybe in the last three. Yeah, yeah everyone really just started thing. having water. Yeah, like, everyone carries it with them. Yeah. And, yeah, man. You know, it's funny. I was going to... um a little bit of a criticism, you know, not in a mean way, but just it is the case that there are some biases in the data because it's all self-report. So, yes. like, A, this is just for the listeners to kind of be critical um, uh, listeners about this. A, they had to log in. And if they didn't do that every time, because they didn't, um, you know, the average person, for example, uh, logged in 47 times out of 84 days. So, like, that hit rate isn't great to be honest and then like what they could do is like log in after missing some days and just kind of remember quote unquote well did i do those sit-ups yeah i think so (laughs) did i drink that water three days ago probably it's just that idea of like it would have been way better if somebody else had been reporting whether they did the thing and then you just report how automatic it feels it's just um by fusing that that one person in one login does both it's not great. I might, yeah, I'm, I'm with yeah. you on this because I found that what was happening now is someone's trying to infuse one habit into their life, which is difficult enough. But now it's the additional task on top of that. And even if that task is small, 
it's like if you already don't want to do something, like I already don't want to have an apple every time. I already don't want to have to add that to my shopping list. Now on top of doing that, I've got all of these apples lying around, which I keep forgetting to eat. But every time I do eat one, I've now got to fire up my PC, go onto this website and log that I ate an apple. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. furthermore, it's Mm -hmm. like the apple hasn't done anything. Like, it's not like I've eaten the apple. It's like you know, when Popeye used to have his spinach yeah, and then he'll get, get like all yes, and stuff, yes. punching people in yeah. the face. But it's like, oh no, I just had an apple. Why, why is my PC <laughs> on now? So like, I felt that there was a bit of a, a meta thing yeah. going on. It's like, I'm trying to form one habit, but in, on top of that, That's I now right. have the addition of this task as well. And just those, it sounds like such a small thing, but it's very important to kind of like gauge that that, that small thing can be a huge deterrent absolutely because it's not a habit yeah absolutely so here's something they then did they used a statistics program to fit spss in case you care to fit a curve or a line they did both for each individual based on this law of diminishing returns which is basically a formula that says as it goes across time the slope ought to diminish that's basically what it is it's a thing that i can describe before and then what's really cool about this is if you run it in a linear way, which assumes it's straight, and then you run it in this curvilinear way, which assumes it's an asymptote, you then can compare what's called the R-square, which is like, it's basically a statistical way to think about how much variance is the line kind of accounting for. Is it kind of how much of the variance is fitting that line? And then that lets you say, was it more linear or was it more asymptotic? And I don't think it's that big of a... Uh, um, uh, tada! To know that it was on average more asymptotic. I think it is quite bigger tada actually. Just to kind of like I guess push back mm-hmm, on that a bit. Mm-hmm. But I think the the big thing about that tada is and why it is quite big is because I think when you are trying to form new habits, it's very important to have this awareness that at first this is gonna be tough. Like I agree with that. Yeah. Um, also it's going to be the hardest. The first two or three yeah. is going to be the least natural. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's and I think point. that's important to, to really note because I think people mm. find generating habits quite tough because there's this false idea that 30 days later, I should have mastered this thing. And, you know, I should be shredded with abs. I should have lost this percentage <laughs> of weight. But the reality is kind of to suggest that what you're going through, like that tough bit... That's where, that's probably the most rewarding that it's going to be in the sense of the work that I'm putting in and what I'm getting out. That's going to be way to think most of it. Almost rewarding. Almost like no pain, no gain. It's yeah. heaviest at the beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then what mm-hmm. you're going to realize is that once it starts feeling easier, and this is why like these missing days are quite important because once it starts feeling easier, once it starts flattening out, What you're going to feel mentally is that I'm not getting as much out of this anymore. When the reality is that what it's signaling signaling is, you're actually improving it. That's great. Those stories, like thinking of those as storylines or narratives for how the feeling matches up with what you're doing can be that can be really inspiring Mm. so thinking of it that way is really yeah in fact that's probably the biggest takeaway yeah just having that awareness yeah narrative that's that's really nice Akin. and just before we we wrap as well because we we did allude to this idea of what does it mean to miss a day what does it mean to miss an opportunity what impact does that have in habit development because if you are like, let's say you're doing like dry January, for example, and then you slip up. Do you want to throw the whole of January out? Exactly. That's an important point. 
Or do you want to say, you I know can what? get back on. I yes. can get back on track. Yeah. And that's what they found. And what they found was really important was this idea that when you do miss a day, when you do miss an opportunity, the what you've missed actually is a, it's like a small fraction. Like you're, yes. you're, you're yes. still primed. Your mind is still that's like, good. oh no, we can just do this tomorrow. Or we can maybe just like make up for it, it in another way. Missing one was almost infinitesimal. Like, yes. it, it was not statistically significant and it had almost no, like if the, if an average like automaticity was 40 on a scale of like three to 40, um, the baseline for most average people was a three. 40 is when it like definitely was, um, a habit, it would be 0.4 drop. So it did drop to miss a day. It wasn't like it was good to miss a day. It did drop, but it was almost insignificant. And so it's when you start missing that second day and then you start missing that third day. That's when you basically, well, it obviously can't become a habit then. You're, you're, you're defusing it. So I guess that's also kind of inspirational. Yes. What you're saying, you're on a roll. Yeah, is like you're you doing great. Yeah, no, you are. Oh, oh I because you've now you personally, Ashton, have created two kind of inspirational takeaways from this study, and one is that early pain. Remember, that's because you're getting the most gain, and after two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, even though it seems like you're not getting the gain any much, that's because it's working. That's really interesting. And then this third one now is if you miss a day, don't give up. It's that you still are pretty much the same off. It's not that bad at all. It's that second day and then the third day that's really going to take you down. So I think, I think we did a pretty good job of covering it. Given the time, um, I don't really think that we need to climb into any more of this. I will say that I thought it was kind of funny. A bunch of people just didn't get over 21 on this scale. And they're like, we don't think that's much of a habit. They just, they classified them as like people who didn't, get to have it yeah it's like yeah <laughs> that so actually kind of made me laugh yeah and when you say that when you mentioned that number 21, 21. so you were referencing that scale yes. from like what was yes. it between three and 40 you said three and like yeah 45 yeah. so or if something. we say like yeah. just to kind of put that 21 <laughs> into context if we say that that number is like effectiveness in yeah. terms of how close how, it is how to automatic. becoming yeah, yeah how yeah, automatic yeah. it is and you say 40 is like you're you're, you're stunning there. you're like you're crushing this yeah. so there's this idea that just by doing something regularly it doesn't mean it's a habit so like you there's there's still something that you need to be doing where it feels automatic so like with a lot of the habits that i try to to form so i attach them to certain behaviors for example i give myself grace for for missing out on days but i'm also aware that sometimes when things do feel that bit tougher it's because i haven't yet formed it so it tells me i need to put a bit more into this I need to put a bit more work in, a bit more time, take it a bit more seriously so it can become a bit more more natural. I just did the quick math. And if you keep doing your burpees by end of March, it's going to be a total habit. Oh, sweet. That's 66 days. days. (laughs) Unless you're one of those people that takes 240 days. Thank you so much for talking with me about about this study i really enjoyed it and i think that it's getting out there in early jan early january for people it's apropos yes sweet not to sound too cheesy be kind to yourselves people like you know something's easy for one person it's hard for another be kind to yourself put the work in like honestly there there are no shortcuts man you're gonna see all of these banners and ads and offers and the shortcuts aren't there i'm sorry to tell you it's some things are just tough and they're tough until they're pretty easy put the work in be kind to yourself and you'll be feeling great 
great in time for like spring. Listen, um, you are the new and improved inspirational actor. I mean, this is how you want to kick off January 2020 podcast. I'm going to let go with that. Thank you, Akin. Take care, listeners. Ciao.